This is New England Public Radio's Jazz Beat. I'm Tom Reaney with a podcast edition of my jazz blog, which you can find at nepr.net. I spoke with Sonny Rollins on August 12, 2020, about Youssef Latif. Youssef Centennial is October 9, 2020. Glenn Siegel, producer of the Magic Triangle Concert Series at UMass Amherst and a Pioneer Valley Jazz Shares, is putting together a centennial celebration of Youssef Latif's legacy, and he asked me to interview Sonny Rollins for the project. I'm good, thanks. Uh, how are you, Sonny? I'm well. That's good to hear. Um, Sonny, I've met you a number of times. I interviewed you about 23 years ago before you played a concert at Mount Holyoke College. And the last time I remember speaking with you, Gary Smullyan and I took a ride up to Peterborough to see you get the McDowell Medal about seven or eight years ago at the McDowell Colony. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right. That was a wonderful occasion. and um, Yes, good. I spoke with Gary Giddens before the, uh, the medal ceremony, so that interview uh, ran on our radio station for a number of uh, weeks uh, around the time that you got the medal, and Gary and I talked about our mutual you know, admiration and love for Sonny Rollins. So, really? Oh, absolutely, of course. Um, well, Jim, boy. <laughs> Honored. Thank you so much. Well, it's an honor to speak with you uh, anytime. And um, so the purpose of today's uh, call really is about Youssef Latif and a project that uh, that uh, Glenn Siegel and others are putting together here around uh, the University of Massachusetts in memory of Youssef. So I have a few sort of um, a basic standard questions that they've asked me to um, to run by you. And um, and are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Excellent, Sonny. So first of all, would you tell us your name and who you are? My name is Sonny Rollins. I am a musician, and uh, I have been on the modern jazz scene for since my first recording in 1949, I had the honor of working with many of our great innovators, producers of uh, modern jazz music. And uh, I'm somewhat retired now, but I am still uh, on the planet. <laughs> as you can hear. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us how you met Youssef Latif and what your um, relationship was like with him uh, at the beginning or over time? Yeah, well, uh, I'm trying to remember. I know that when Youssef Latif, I first saw him, I didn't meet him at this time, he was playing with Dizzy Gillespie's band, Mm-hmm. And he came to New York uh, with Dizzy Gillespie's band. I think his name was, uh, he had a different name at that time. Oh, yeah, Bill Evans? Bill Evans was correct. 
and we saw him, me and my uh, trumpet-playing friend, we were going to school and we were upcoming jazz musicians, so we were very aware of everybody, of every musician that came to town. And Dizzy Gillespie, of course, being one of our idols. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't meet him then. I met Yusuf sometime later. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly when or where it was. But we got to be uh, good friends. I consider Yusuf one of the best people in so many different respects. One of I respect everybody. I have no right to not respect any other person. You know, I I don't have that right. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, in a position when, where I can feel that, but Yusuf was a person that uh, I respect probably as much or more than anybody that I have met in my life. Mm-hmm. He was a a, uh, a mentor. He was a friend. He was an an, an example of how I should be. As you know, Yusuf would be uh, ten years my senior, mm-hmm. and uh, when I came to Yusuf, I had a little. A reputation in the music field and all of this stuff. And uh, when I met Yusuf, he uh, he was an example of how a person should be, just as a human being. And in our field, which is a highly competitive field, as you know. Mm-hmm. It was a pure blessing, the things that he told me, the things that he advised me on, without saying so, but just by observing him and having an opportunity to be a friend of his was one of the great uh, things that have happened to me in my musical career. And just as a human being, as a friend, also, but as a musician, uh, I, there's, I can't say enough about him. Sonny, you mentioned how competitive the field is. Was you, Did Yousef somehow uh, transcend that uh, feeling or attitude of competitiveness? With Yousef, you mean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yousef... I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. One time when I was playing in Max Roach's band, we were playing out in Detroit. And uh, Yusuf was playing out at a place. I think he had a regular 
job out of a place called the West End Cafe mm-hmm. in Detroit. And after we played our job, which my, I'm not sure if it was a one-nighter or a, a longer engagement, anyhow, Max and I went out to the West End to sort of sit in with Yusuf. Now, at that time, I was a young terror. I was able, I was really uh, playing, we used to, what we used to do, we used to play breakneck speed, mm-hmm. Max and myself. Mm-hmm. And this was a quite a formidable accomplishment. Not many people could do that. Yusuf didn't do that. But Yusuf was uh, gentle enough (laughs) and kind enough to to allow us to play, come out there and and, uh, play on his job and do what uh, was very difficult... uh, Thing which we were doing, and uh, he was fine with it. And it wasn't so much about that, it was just about we were comrades, mm-hmm. compatriots. And that's how Yusuf, I mean, I can't say enough. I wish I had his, I wish I was like Yusuf. <laughs> I wish that God had. Uh, created me uh, to have his, his, uh, everything that he was. Mm. And uh, I can't, as I said before, I can't say enough positive things about him. It was a real blessing that I had a chance to know him and we had a chance to hang out together. Mm-hmm. And he had a chance to uh, counsel me in some uh, music. But whenever we had an opportunity to get together, it was just one of the most beautiful experiences of my life, mm-hmm. knowing Yusuf Latif. Thank you. 
Youssef followed a spiritual path uh, in life. I know that you have too. Did you find Youssef in particular to be a guide or a mentor or example for you in that regard? Well, I think, well, yes, but not, I mean, just a spiritual, spiritual uh, with a, uh, a, uh, a big S mm-hmm. or, or a small S. I don't know, but not in a, I am not a, a Muslim, which was his religion. Right. And uh, so I, it wasn't in that sense. He was just a spiritual person. This everything had nothing to do. He could have been a Presbyterian, <laughs> you know, but he was just a spiritual person in his actions, his kindness. I would consider myself one of his students, really. Mm-hmm. Yet we were in the same business, as I said, in this competitive music business. We were competing in that area. Never came up. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff never came up with Yusuf. I've never met anybody like Yusuf. Uh, there may be other people there, but... I knew Yusuf well enough to know that, mm-hmm. and I was around him enough to know that I haven't had that experience with any other musician. And I've known some very uh, fine, uh, great, and also very fine people, I mean, musician people. Mm-hmm. But with Yusuf, I had a close relationship. Uh, because it uh, it went on for a, a long time. Yusuf was a person that, although everybody knew him and knew his name and everything like that, to me he was under the radar. He wasn't what he could have been compared to some other uh, very great, great artists uh, that exist in the music field. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's 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 gotten his his due, and he may never get his due. But as you know, but I can't speak for that. But to me, for the friend that he's been to me, that I can speak to. And I've known many many musicians, many uh, colleagues uh, of that on that same level. As uh, Yusuf, we were all sort of on that uh, uh, competitive, uh, in quotes, mm-hmm. level. But uh, Yusuf was a very special person that I found to be uh, even better than, than the best of the people that I knew. Mm-hmm. Sonny, I've uh, read you in the New York Times uh, this year, in the New Yorker magazine. It's been... Um... It's been exciting to see, you know, the establishment and the journalistic world uh, seeking you out for your perspective on, uh, on the world that we're in. And uh, you talk often about the golden rule, and I wonder if you'd like to say anything about that vis-a-vis Youssef Latif. Well, of course, we know the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. To me, it, it's an individual thing. I don't know how the world... If everybody did that, how the world would be would obviously 
evidently be a different world, which is not my concern. I'm just talking about how the golden rule would apply to me, mm-hmm. what I want to do. And I think it's a, it's a thing with people we have to be more individualistic. We can't uh, say, oh, well, my, my uh, uh, neighbor down the street, uh, he does the golden rule, or he doesn't do the golden rule, or he steals, and uh, whatever. I, I think in the, in the big picture that I see, that I conceive of, and I'm being a complete individual, I want to live by the golden rule. If the world can't live by that for some uh, political reasons and so on, that's the world's problem as far as I'm concerned. I think that the golden rule, as it has been expressed through all these various religions, they all mention the golden rule in their credos. Okay, so the goal, everybody and every religion we've had that I can think of or that we know of, right, uh, they all accept the golden rule and say, yeah, this is it. Mm-hmm. That's in every one of their uh, scriptures. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's good enough for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I find that... Uh, it's the way that I want to live, and uh, which I've learned about. I've learned something in my lifetime now, and that's it for me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It, it's no, it's no argument. If somebody else doesn't agree with that, that's fine. I'm not trying to convince people. This is what I find out that I want to do. That I'm going to live by that. year of 2020, the world is experiencing uh, some unprecedented things. Uh, We're faced with very serious challenges um, this spring and winter. And among those, of course, with the uh, killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis on Memorial Day, uh, there's been um, a renewed attention, I think we could call it, on um, injustice in the U.S., on the ill effects of racism and of uh, police brutality. And we've had occasion uh, to look again at what a leading role jazz uh, music, jazz artists have played 
in what Dr. King called the Freedom Movement. And you were way out front back in 1958 with your great work, The Freedom Suite. And uh, I wonder if you would care to reflect on that today, on its legacy, or how uh, you're feeling about where we're at as a society in 2020. Well, I think that uh, my... I think I made a somewhat of a mild statement. I mean, uh, I wasn't advocating for any uh, violence, any kind of upheaval. I think the, my my statement on the freedom Zoom was mild. I mean, I, I was just stating a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... Um, I also stated that uh, I don't think that in, in this country, I think it's too. I think it's just too difficult for this country to change uh, its its the principle upon which it was uh, conceived. It's just too hard for this country to be anything but the way it is. It might be a little more, a little less harsh to uh, various groups and like that. I mean, you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, oh, yes, we're going to have a, a, a free society where you know, there's there's no racism and all that. I mean, I, I just don't think the I don't think the world is ready for that yet, mm. and I don't think America is ready for that yet. Which is not, which is not to uh, say anything uh, negative. It's about individual people. If I like the golden rule and I want to live in a way where I treat people a certain way, then that's what I have to do. Whether or not the rest of the world is going to do that, probably not. Doesn't matter. It's a matter what I do. You know, this whole thing about when we, uh, when when we, uh, we we're deceased and then we go up to heaven and Saint Peter is waiting there to, at the at the gate and all of this stuff, and and we go up to the gate, and Saint Peter looks through the the book of of our life, and he and and then we can say, well, yes, Saint Peter, uh, yeah, I did this and I did that, uh, but you know that guy down the street, he used to beat up uh, my my son all the time. Well, Saint Peter's not going to ask you about what. Somebody down the street did. He's going to ask about what you did. See? What did I do? That's what it's about. What we, that's why the individual thing comes in. I don't care what people, whether they accept the golden rule or they accept uh, anything uh, like that. That's, that's, you know, I'm not, I can't... Uh, I mean, I, I have to accept. I don't accept it, so that's my life. Nobody's going to live forever, anyway. What am I going to? 
because I, uh, 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 Martin Luther King, or they, I mean, they, uh, Jesus Christ, they, they got killed. Uh, why? Because of they were talking something right? Mm-hmm. Maybe so, but that doesn't mean anything. You have to do what you feel is is uh, correct, That's, and try to be that person. And life is short. This life is short. There'll be other lives, and but this life, you, you try to do what you can do, and don't be hypocritical about it, and uh, suffer for it. And suffering here is not the end. See, that's where my uh, spiritual beliefs come in. I don't believe that this world, if you get so-called killed, you know, that's the end of you. We don't believe that. We, we, we don't believe that. If, when this life is over, our soul will go on to another life, and we'll have to get it straight. <laughs> if we did something wrong in this life, and uh, and there we are in a funeral home. Our bodies that that's not us. Mm-hmm. Our soul is going to have to pay for whatever we did. See, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get away with anything because you died. You're not going to get away with anything. Your body died. That's all. Your soul has got to keep going through. Uh, eons and, and eternity, forever and forever. That's how. That's how the universe works. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to do with this one life. This one life isn't anything. Go what? Over what? Seventy eight years old or something is the average of, of life. I mean, come on. What can you learn in that amount of time? <laughs> How many injustices are you going to create in that time? And you say you don't have time, but the universe. Is not this lifetime. The universe goes on mm-hmm. endlessly. As we progress, as the Buddhists say, we keep uh, accumulating more light as we go through uh, different incarnations forever until we get it right. Mm-hmm. Until we get it right. But we will get it right because uh, uh, the universe is good. Uh, uh, God is good, if you hate to use the word God, but the universe is 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 right. It's it's just. You can't get away with anything. You can't do anything and think, oh, I'm going to get away with it and I'll be okay. It doesn't work out. We can say that in this life. It doesn't work out. You're going to have to pay for what you do. And that's the way it is. If you die, so what? Your body's laying in, in, in the ground, uh, turning into dust. So what? Your soul is what you did. That, not your body. Your soul is what you stole from somebody or you killed somebody. That's what's, that's what's there. You're not going to get away with, with uh, doing things. So it all means something. There's nothing random. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the world. Oh, something happened to me. Oh, gee, that, I broke my leg and wow, wow. How did that happen to me? What did I do? No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The universe doesn't, doesn't operate that way. We do something, we're going to pay for it. 
Some people call it karma. It's the same thing. You do something bad, you're going to have to pay for it. I've seen that in this life, in this very short life. Mm. And this is the way it is. What you do, you're going to have to, and as I always say, see, I, I've been making this speech uh, often recently, so <laughs> I'm getting to, I don't want it to sound like, like it's just, but I, this, you know, the guy used to say in, in this TV commercial, pay me now. Or pay me later. <laughs> right. You get it? You're not going to get away with anything. Right. Sonny, if we could bring this back to um, the specifics of music for a moment. You just said sure. you just said there's nothing random in this life, in this universe. And I think about your music, uh, the the sort of beautiful in inner almost thematic uh, logic that is there in Sonny Rollins' great art as an improviser. And a lot of people, I think, would approach jazz as a music that is random. Their conception of what a solo or improvisation is is a series of random moments. But I wonder if you think something different about the music in terms of its kind of inner uh, logic. Well, music is such a a spiritual force that it's hard to to try to describe it. You know, uh, it's it's really it's really a gift. You know, you you have to have it. You have to have a, especially at the level when you're talking about uh, professional uh, musicians that improvise and all this stuff. You have to be born with that. Mm-hmm. And wherever that gift comes from, I you know, I can't say I don't I don't know exactly, but it's hard to talk about music. It's it's something which is definitely a of a spiritual nature. Uh how it's created. It it comes from just such a uh, spirit world. So I I feel very ignorant when it comes to trying to discuss music. that you've shared and discussed with us today about yourself, about life, about Youssef Latif. Um, uh, it's really, again, an honor to speak with you. I know your birthday's coming up in a few weeks uh, in, the, uh, in the sort of uh, uh, life conception that most of us have. A 90th birthday is a big deal, and uh, I want to wish you a very happy uh, birthday. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course... Uh, well, thank you very, very, very much. You're welcome. But I'm not there yet. I know. So I was gonna. I was gonna. Go. I was gonna say, Sonny. I also want to wish you a happy day today because that's what we've got. You know. <laughs> right. Well, that I'll accept. And thank you very much for that. You're welcome. Well, Sonny, again, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. And um, 
stay cool and uh, and thank you for uh, for all the uh, blessings that you have shared with us over the years. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh, very very kind. I thank you so much, okay. and I hope uh, whatever you do for Yusuf, it uh, lives up to what I I think about him. We're working on it. Yeah, work on it because he deserves. He deserves everything that uh, this world can give him, right. and more, you know. But uh, and just he's just one of those people that that will, can never get enough credit here. Well, we'll take that to heart, and thank you for concluding our conversation with a further thought about Yusuf. Thank you, man, and you take care of yourself also. We'll do, Sonny. Thank you so much. God bless. Yeah. God bless you too. Thank you.